0: Hi everybody, how are you this morning? It is so good to see you. Would you stand with us please as we just sing our voices and raise them to the Lord this morning? <laughs> you are worthy of all of our praise this morning. You are great, Lord Jesus. We all want to sing this morning with our lips and our mouths and the very breath that we breathe, how great you are, Lord. Thank you for being here today with us to celebrate who you are and what you've done for us, Lord, on the cross. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise your name for you are great and worthy to be praised. And all God's people said, Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Wow, that was awesome. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be with you guys. My name's Luke. I'm one of the pastors here. And this is, listen, this is going to be an awesome morning. It's going to be a little bit different because we are going to recap what happened this week at Mega Sports Camp. Um, but before we get there, I want to share just a few things. Um, That are coming up here on our schedule one. I want to welcome all of our guests. We're glad you guys are here Welcome those online and listen uh, There's a few things I want to I want to just cue you in about one is that uh, we took a week off of our car cruise and our men's Bible study And those are picking back up this week, right? We've got our car cruise on Tuesday five to nine and then our men's Bible study is at 630 right here at Crossroads So we look forward to seeing you all back this week And then I also want to let you know that our church picnic It's happening on the 7th of August, and so it's going to be over at Palmer Park. And there's a couple things I want to ask you, the church, to to do. One is that we'd love to know if you are coming. So talk to Cindy at the table in the lobby, or you can go online and let us know so we can plan for food. And then also, there's two very important things. We're going to be having a softball game and a cornhole tournament. So if you can uh, bring your softball gear or you can bring your cornhole, your, your boards and the bags, bring those, and you want to participate, you can go online and let us know, or you can talk to Cindy and let her know and make sure we have enough. We want to have a big cornhole tournament and a big softball game, so let us know if you can help out with that or if you'd like to participate, and it's going to be a great day. That's going to be August 7th, and then the last thing is we're having our movie night on the 17th of August. We're going to be showing the movie Sing 2, and so a couple things. If you go on the front page of our website, you can see more information on how to register for that. It's totally free. But we're going to be having a Kona ice truck, and we're going to be having bounce houses. And so come on out at about 6 o'clock, and we're going to be hanging out, and then we're going to show the movie Sink 2 down on our lower field. So bring a chair, bring a blanket. It's going to be a really awesome night. So that's going to be on the 17th of August. Hey, listen, church, we had a great week at Mega Sports Camp. And you can see the, the, the green shirts, and you're about to see the kids up here in a second. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for praying. Thank you so much for just supporting everything that happened here we had a phenomenal week and you're going to hear more about it um, but one of the things i also want to say thank you is for your faithfulness and giving um, god gives us uh, finances and in, in all different shapes and sizes and we want to respond back to god as a form of worship and just saying thank you god for all you give us so church thank you for your faithfulness and giving you can give online through the mail the boxes on the wall and God is just continuing to just reaffirm in us that he's growing us and that he's doing a mighty work and he's asking us to be a part of that. So at the church, thank you for your faithfulness. Um, What I want to do is I want to just uh, point, uh, have everybody point your attention to the screens and we're going to watch a quick recap slideshow of all that happened this week and then it's going to get loud here. So check it out.
2: Second Timothy four seven.
3: Stories about people who will never meet. Legends are the people who say yes to God like you and me. He gives us strength to do us right and trust him every day. Let's start this right and finish strong with Jesus on our team. Let's sing, Let's sing and
0: celebrate today. Today.
4: good morning. This is just a small little snippet of our campers. We had over 300 kids up here this whole week. Having a blast, yeah. Preschool all the way up through sixth grade and with that many kids up here we had over 100 volunteers. So right now you see lots of green shirts. That's just a sampling of our helpers that were up here. They had an awesome team of volunteers, so we are so thankful for them. And um, our theme this whole week was legendary, as you can see on the screen. And so the kids learned about several legendary sports heroes, and they learned about their trials and how they worked through them. But they learned the most legendary person is... Yeah. So we learned Bible stories all week about Jesus and how he is the most legendary person ever. And we had awesome weather, did we not, boys and girls? God bless us with some amazing weather all week. So we were very thankful. We used every inch and space in this entire church, inside, outside, up and down, everywhere was being used. It was so cool.
5: Yes, and um, it really was a privilege to be able to be here all week with 300 kids. And uh, just a really neat opportunity to be able to share God's love with them. Um, Every day we broke down into what was called a huddle group, and our leaders had groups of 8 to 12 kids, and they got to share with them all about Jesus and how much he loves them. And how much uh, God wants them on their team. So it was really cool. The kids were really receptive to what was being spoken. And, um, and we were able to give away a lot of Bibles this week. We actually ran out. We had to order some. And we're going to be sending some in the mail. Um, and a lot of kids opened their hearts to receive Jesus this week. And uh, we, are, uh, we are very thankful for all that God did. And we're just blessed to uh, be able to be with them all week long um our kids are going to start off singing our mega sports song with coach rachel so have fun
4: all right let's hear you boys and girls nice and loud you ready today i gotta hear you okay
0: you want you want to come down here yeah
4: these are two of my awesome helpers this week
5: you ready
2: So you can you can play by the rules. We're not here to play games. It's about to get I real. I am an overcomer. We're pressing on toward the goal. Having all the fun we can, show our spirit play.
5: Which is who we have here in the front. Uh, we had three-year-olds and we had four and five-year-olds, and we had about 70 of them downstairs. And Mrs. Medcalf, where is she? Oh, she's right here. She did a great job teaching the kids a verse this week. Would you like to do the motions with them? Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Okay. So, all right, preschoolers, do you remember the motions Mrs. Medcalf taught you? And all the big kids in the back, you guys know the verse. You might not know the motions, but you know the verse. So let's all say together. You guys ready? Ready? I
4: have, I have fought the, the good life. fight. I, I have finished, finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Second and All right. Good job, boys and girls. All right. We're going to ask a few preschoolers what their favorite part of Mega Sports Camp was. So who do we have that wanted to tell me something? Rexton, did you want to say something? What was your favorite part of Mega Sports Camp? Uh, it was about something that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Okay. How about Aubrey? What did you like best? No, you don't. Oh, but Emma wants to say something. All right, Emma. Cheer. You like cheering? Awesome. How about you, buddy? What's your name? Gus. And what did you like to do, Gus? Play mud. Yeah. You played in the mud? Oh, <laughs> nice. Trenton, how about you, buddy? No, you don't want to share? Okay, Ava wants to share, though, right? Soccer. You like playing soccer? All right. How about you, Aubrey? I like the bouncy houses. Oh, we had bouncy houses on Friday to celebrate our last day. Very good. All right. So let's give it up for our preschoolers. We're going to have a seat. All right.
5: All right, and our kindergarten through sixth grade is going to sing one of our favorite songs for the week. So have fun. (laughs) In a green shirt today. I'm sure you've been singing that all day long yesterday <laughs> like we were. <laughs> um, that was our, our fan favorite for the week. Um, so every day we had a mega point. So can my mega point helpers come on out here and get your sign. All right, guys, get your sign. We're going to hold it up nice and high so everyone can see it. And everybody guys want you to shout out your mega point. Okay. All right. So what did we learn on day one? Say it nice and loud. All right. What was day two? Legends know their strength and weakness is. Day three? Legends overcome adversity. And day four? Legends win with a
4: team. And what was Friday?
5: Legends
4: win when it matters most. Good job. Awesome job, boys and girls. <laughs> So every year we do a mission offering, and this year we did an offering, and did we pick some boys and girls that are going to talk about the offering? All right. Who can remember the the family that we supported this week? Do you remember their names? Eden? Who is the family that we supported?
6: Jay and Brianna Stokes. Yes.
4: Jay and Brianna Stokes. And who can tell me where they are missionaries to? It was... It's a tribe called the Dem Tribe. And where are they located, Jackson? Oh, Tarari? Indonesia. Very good. They're in Indonesia. And so it was really, really awesome because they're actually in the States right now. And so they came to visit us right here on stage and talk to the kids with their three kids. They have three children, and they got to come here and meet us and tell a little bit about what they do. And there's their picture. Actually, their kids are a lot bigger now. Um, But they were here in the States, so they came on Tuesday during Mega Sports Camp, and it was really cool to meet them and hear um, a little bit about what they're doing in Indonesia to share Jesus with the people there. And so we had a a friendly competition, boys versus girls, throughout the week. And does anyone remember what our total, how much did we raise? CJ, do you know? Almost 2,500. 2,500. Almost $2,500. Give them a hand. There's our scoreboard. The boys won the first day. The girls won day two and three. And then the boys took it home and won the day four and day five. And so who wants to share what we got to do to celebrate the boys' winning offering? Jackson, come on up. Come up here and you can share what we did. So first we called someone down. Who did we call down here? Remember? Pastor Luke. Our new pastor, Luke. So we have a new youth pastor, Pastor Luke Sereka. And so he was in charge of the Route 56 kids that were up here during camp. And so we called him up on stage. And what was the first thing that, that we did to him?
7: Make him wet.
4: We made him really wet. We sponged buckets of water on top of him. So there's a picture of that. And then what did we do after we dumped water on him?
7: Silly so string him.
4: Yeah, and then we got him with silly string. Really good. And then what did you get to do? Pie him in the face. Yeah. Then we pied him in the face and then we shot some confetti. And so we got to tar and feather him a little bit. So it was a lot of fun. That was really a good time for the kids to celebrate all they had done for the week and bringing an offering um, and to give to the mission. So we praise God for that.
5: All right. And then We want to hear from, we had um, eight different sports that we did throughout the week, or activities, so if if I called your name earlier, can you guys come up here, and you guys can tell everybody what your favorite thing to do? I have Aiden, where's Aiden at? Come here, buddy. I have Aiden, and Jackson, and Emma. Aiden, tell them what sport you did, and tell them your favorite thing. Football, and I like the laps. You like doing laps? Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Jackson. Tell them what sport you did or activity you did. Cooking. What was your favorite thing? Making the pizza dia. Oh yeah, oh. making. Yes, it was very good. And Emma, what was your? Tell them what sport you did. I did soccer, and I liked um, getting goals. Getting goals. All right. All right, Renee, oh. uh, I did round fifty six, and I liked slip and slide kickball. Slip and slide kickball. And who's one cheer? Okay. I did cheer, and my favorite thing was the ice cream.
6: Oh, yes. We had
5: ice cream at the end of the week. <laughs> let's see. Adeline, where'd you go? There you are. Bouncy houses. And what, what activity
2: did you do? Dance. She did dance. And Libby? I did basketball, and my favorite was the scrimmage at the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who won? The girls won.
5: Oh, oh girls won. All right. Let's see. Who I'm an art and I love doing the necklaces. Yes, they made really cool necklaces. Anybody have their necklace on today? No? Yeah, a couple of you. All right, so we had an awesome time this week and uh, you guys did a fantastic job up here.
4: Mm-hmm. Give them a hand.
3: All right, we want to thank God for a wonderful week here. I want to thank thank uh, Kim and Chrissy for being our organizers of this entire event. And then I also want to thank all of the many, many helpers. Let's thank God for all the helpers in our church, man. These guys made us go. We... Uh, we are so thankful that I'm not downstairs. They're going to have a fun time as they finish up trying to keep their attention. Let's give them a hand again, man. There, we thank God for these guys, man. It was, uh, it was a treat to be up here all week and just watch 300 kids take over this facility. And when I say take over, I mean it was a takeover. Uh, We took out every chair out of this place. There were no chairs down here on the floor. There was tape on the floor where the kids knew their groups to sit. They came in, and we had the downstairs filled with kids, the balcony was filled with kids, and the basement was filled with kids all at the same time. And then they went out, and they did their different sports, their activities, their cooking classes, art classes, It was really an amazing place this week, and I want to thank God for all that he's done and for the many kids that opened their hearts to Jesus Christ this week. Amen? That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. And that's what we will continue to be about. That's what what we do here. We bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We introduce you to Jesus. And so that's, uh, that's what I want to continue today and talk about is this whole legendary theme. You know, as uh, through the summer, I've been doing a little series, "Summer in the Psalms," and we've been looking at different psalms from the uh, different chapters in the Book of Psalms throughout the summer. But we're we're rolling into this thought of legendary today, so I'm going to look at a a psalm, and uh, and we're going to show you how legendary that God really is. We're going to see this legendary God from the Book of Psalms. But as as we do this, as you think about uh, legendary, you think of somebody who's legendary. That word legendary, when I first heard it, I'm like, well, what are they talking about legendary? I think of a legend as something that's not true. Uh, Legendary, they're using it in the word of, uh, is the second definition as you look it up. The second definition is the greatest of all times. And so this week they taught the kids about the greatest of all. Jesus is the greatest of all times. That's what it's all about. And, you know, as we do this, we look at the different people that we've elevated in culture. Um, they talked about Michael Jordan this week. They showed, uh, talked about him. They talked about a number of different athletes, and, and as they were doing that, I thought, man, there is one one guy in basketball in particular that you guys are all familiar with. And this guy here, we'll put his picture up there. Uh, you know who that guy is? LeBron James. Anybody ever heard of LeBron James? Uh, LeBron is. Uh, I was reading up about LeBron James. It said. Uh, what I found out about him was he was the first player to make $1 billion in earnings as an active player. Not from just everything he made later. He's still playing. $1 billion as an active player. As a matter of fact, what do they call LeBron? What's, the, what's, the, what's his nickname out there? Yeah, put up the next slide. King James they call him, right? And, and, and they call him the king. And so when you hear this word king, what does that mean? You're the top, right? You're the top dog. You're, you're number one. Uh, you have LeBron James is the, the, the king of basketball, he would call himself. You had Elvis Presley. Remember Elvis Presley? What was he? The king of what? Rock and roll, right? I can't do it well. Today's my anniversary. 29 years, folks. Thank God, huh? Yeah. My wife's getting a dinner out of that one, so it's going to be beautiful. Anyhow. I'll eat too. Ah. But hey, listen, the king of rock and roll. Remember Michael Jackson, what they called him? The king of pop, right? You had all the kings out there, right? You had the king of everything. And so when we, our culture, we're known to elevate these people. We call them because they're legendary in what they did. Legendary basketball player, legendary singers, legendary... And as we look at Psalm chapter 2 here this morning, I want to introduce you to this King of Kings. And and as you walk out the door, I want you to know that you can have a personal relationship with that King. That's what it's all about, is having this personal relationship. As we brought the kids in, we didn't just talk about how legendary that God is. Man, they talked about how Jesus calmed the storm. That's, That's legendary. But I'll tell you what, we took it a step further. We didn't just tell them a bunch of facts about history. We gave them the truth that you can have a relationship with God today and that he can help you and that he can calm the storm of your life right now. And there's where I want to take you to today. So Psalm chapter 2 says this. I'm going to read the, the psalm and then we're going to pull out three thoughts this morning. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain the kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one, against the Messiah. That's what the word anointed one there is, all right? So why do the kings of the earth take their stand against God, against the Messiah, against Jesus? Let us, break the cha- let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their shackles. Let us break the chains. They don't want to be tied down to this Jesus. Uh, number four, Verse 4, the, the one enthroned in heaven laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Jesus is the king. He's installed his king. I, I will proclaim the, degre, the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the, to the, uh, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. Kiss the sun, lest He be angry and you be destroyed in your way from His wrath. Uh, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And I want us to catch this this morning because there's three thoughts in this passage. It's talking about that you see the scene of, the, of these kings, the, the kings of the earth being in struggle with the, with the king of kings. You see, all the kings of the earth, the, the scriptures talk about that, that they, have, they have this issue with the king of kings, coming to this issue with Jesus, the anointed one. That's who fulfilled that prophecy. The anointed one is Jesus. He was the Messiah. And so he says here at the end, he says, blessed are all who take refuge in him. And I want you to think with me this morning about the, a few thoughts that the passage is showing us. Number one, we have a king. We have the, the legendary king. Its name is His name is Jesus, and as we look at that legendary king, verses four through nine, go in and they say, Here God says, I have installed the king. Jesus is that king, he is that messiah, He has installed that king in on on his holy mountain that he 's the one in charge of this, and you know as you look at this, as you look at kings and you, you look at how a king comes into power you start to look at uh, some of the legends, the, the, uh, the stories uh, that are about kings throughout the years. Uh, one of those ancient legends about kings would have, been, uh, would have gone something like this. That there was a king who ruled in wisdom and power and justice and compassion. And all at once, therefore, all, as while he was living, all, all at once, because he was reigning, all of a sudden there was good things were happening. The land experienced a golden age. There was a, a, everything flourished. Relationships flourished. Life flourished. Everything was wonderful. Uh, everything began to blossom. But then the king goes away. And as the king goes away, as the good king goes away, everything falls into decay. You might remember a story like Robin Hood, Right? Robin Hood would keep fighting and fighting while the good king was away. He kept fighting in the darkness to try and keep that little flame alive. Maybe you remember the story of King Arthur and Camelot. And and you see this plot. Well, what Jesus has done is totally different. Jesus offers us life. He's coming back one day. Let me tell you, he is coming back. But he offers you life right now. He offers you this life. He offers you this personal relationship with the king of kings and with the Lord of lords. Um, I want you to think about in in our country, we don't really think about kings too much, right? We don't have a king. There's no royal family that that we have. Um, But here in America, who do we elevate to be kings, right? We elevate billionaires. We elevate athletes. We elevate politicians. And the list goes on and on of the people that we will elevate, and we put them up, and we say, "Man, maybe because they're famous, there's some sort of fame." And what has happened is we all need, we're all looking for a king. Do you understand? You're built for a king. God designed us this way that you've got to have a king. You've got to have somebody that you adore. And when you come to understand this, that hey, listen, there, you will adore somebody. If you don't adore God, it'll be somebody else, and it'll be something else. You can easily adore relationships. You can adore your job. You you can adore just about anything that is on this earth becomes so temporary. And what happens is people come and they make their job, their career, the king of their life. And and they bow down to this, and they submit to it, and they, they give their whole life to it, and then they retire. And they get a gold watch. And they're sitting around doing nothing. And the king has let them down because they've come and they made this. This was the God of their life. And when their kids were little, they were bound down to this king. And, and, and then whenever the, the, the nest left, they kept bound down to the king. And, and it was the wrong king. And they're sitting there with a gold watch. And they're like, is this all this was? And it's really empty. And so so you have that king. You have the king of relationships. Man, if I just have that relationship, I'll, I'm going to be all right. And I bow down to that king of that relationship. <clears throat> God is the king of kings. And he says in this passage, if you worship him, you'll have everything that you need. If you take refuge in that king, you'll have everything that you need. Instead, we go through life and I think we've all struggled with that from time to time. I think there's times that I bow down to the king of family, to the king of career, to the king of finances, which I've never been the king of. Listen, you can try and say that you don't need a king. But down underneath, there's something that's driving you. You've got to have somebody, something that you adore. And here's what will happen. If you don't find the right king, you'll begin to make up false kings. You'll begin to make up things that are temporary, things that are short-lived, things that will leave you empty. Just like sitting there with the gold watch and wondering, there's got to be more to the story. And when you come and you put Jesus on that throne, and Jesus as the king, when we realize that he is the legendary king. Now listen... Everybody in here, if I say Jesus is legendary, everybody goes, amen. But when we go to work tomorrow, do we still have it on target? Are we still thinking about how legendary King Jesus is when things go awry? Are we still thinking how legendary the King Jesus is whenever I'm disappointed or whenever life didn't follow through? Or or whenever the King didn't do what you thought he ought to do? You see, we still have a king. And uh, I I was reading a story about a guy in New York City. He was a he wrote for the New York Times years ago, and uh, the, the the writer the, this particular author in New York Times he had AIDS, and as he was struggling with his AIDS, uh, he thought, and he write, in one of his final articles he thought, man, all my life, in his later years there, before he died of AIDS. He put in there, I thought that if I just got the right person in politics in the White House, that everything would change for my life. And he said, his words were something similar to this. He says, I would be saved if the right person got into the White House. And folks, I want to remind you that whoever is in the White House is not going to change your life. It is who is on the throne. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. This legendary God. And this guy came along and he put everything into this. And at the end of his life, he comes in. And just a few weeks before he died, the article says that how foolish he was, how embarrassed he was. The the fact that he gave everything to this false king. And folks, there's nothing wrong with getting involved out there. But don't make that your king. You see, there's nothing wrong with a good career, but don't make that your king. There's nothing wrong with uh, with family. I mean, I want to have a good family. I've given my heart and soul to it, right? But listen, that's not the king. The king is the Lord of Lords. The, he's, he holds the whole universe in his hand. He's the one who put the stars into place. And last week we looked at we looked at just uh, the stars and the moon, how the God put them into place. How that the moon rotates at more than 2,000 miles per hour going around the earth and always right on time. And the billions of stars, I mean literally billions upon billions of stars. That's the God who wants a personal relationship with you. That's who we told these kids about all week. How to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now this morning I've asked one of our guys in the church. I, I think he's pretty legendary. And uh, I've asked him to come up and just share a little bit about this whole King thing and something that he faced. Uh, Would you welcome Eric McIlvaney, Tokyo Olympian. Come on up here. Eric McIlvaney, we appreciate you. We love you, man. This guy is, uh, he's a legend of our church. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's gone out there. Well, you tell them what happened to you. Not everybody knows Eric McElvany. I'm sure there's some people that here that haven't met Eric, and maybe you weren't here the day that he shared his full story. But would you just share a little recap of the king thing in your life? But tell them where you went there, Tokyo last summer.
6: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so hey, good morning. Great to be here. Thanks for letting me share a little bit. Pastor Ken, uh, happy anniversary. It's pretty cool. Thank you, sir. So, um, yeah, I, I've been doing triathlons for, for a couple of years. Uh, I've I started calling it a part-time job because I, you know, put 15, 20, sometimes 25, 5 hours a week in training. My wife has a different opinion; she calls it a glorified hobby. That's all right, yeah. That's all right. A couple of years ago, um, I knew the Tokyo Paralympics were coming up, and the triathlon is a sprint triathlon. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go try to do that, and I kept doing that, and it's always been a pretty big part of my life doing these triathlons. And uh, then qualifications started happening, and I started training a little bit more, and I started, you know, checking out the courses earlier and the other athletes in the world. And I had to be, I had to break the top ten in my classification, below knee amputee, uh, in the world to qualify for Tokyo. And then June of last year hit, and I was traveling all over the world. I got to go race in England and in France, and then I raced here and I qualified. And I qualified barely, and it was so cool. It's like, oh man, I get to go race in Tokyo and represent Team USA. And then everything just, for me, it kind of just blew up. It was way bigger than I had anticipated or expected. No longer was I racing as, like, Eric McElvenny. I was racing as, hey, I'm just another part of Team USA. Now I'm representing the USA. And it was so cool Uh, in a way. But it was heavy, and it was a burden, and it became huge in my life and my family's life. I actually moved to Colorado Springs well, not really. I went out there for a couple of weeks to train at the Olympic Training Center. And there, it's a massive part of your life because you wake up and you eat and you train and you eat and you train and you eat and you train. They force you to get massages. I was like, I'm really good at getting massages. <laughs> should, I, should I do more of that? They're like, no, no, just keep doing your thing. And so everything you do is based on this. And then from there, we went to Hawaii. Because we were racing in Tokyo, and it was at the same climate. Hawaii is such a hard place to be. But we were there training and eating and training and training. Then we get to Tokyo, and we're representing Team USA, and I'm wearing the uniform. And our race is like on television. And so many people from this church, uh, you guys were supporting me. It was such a cool experience. We go and we do the race. I didn't win. I didn't win. I got sixth place. But it was still such a cool experience. And it was very big in my life. And in my family's life and in my community's life, it was, it was, it was big. And then all of a sudden we get on the plane and we come back and I come back and there's some people like, Hey, how'd it go? And here's this and here's this. And after about a week, it was like crickets. And I was like, wow, this big thing that happened in my life. And I've put so much time into and like, i I mean, so much of my waking life was thinking about it and how I was going to do and what my next training session was. And then it was not there and I I felt it. I felt this post-Olympic depression, and I I was a little bit sad because for a while it was such a big part of my life. It was such a big part of my life, and when we were coming back, people were talking about this. This was my first experience with the Paralympics, but people were talking about, hey, when you go back, you're going to be depressed. It's going to be rough. This is going to happen. This is going to happen, so I was kind of somewhat expecting it, Um, but it, it hit, and for me, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate because It was big. It was big in my life. It was a big part of my life, but it was not my king, right? My king is so much bigger than that. Even if I would have won a medal, like still, maybe maybe that wave would have lasted a little bit longer, but then, now what? You know, it's over. You know, the kings, the worldly kings that we look at, like this experience and this journey to the Paralympics, like that was a worldly king, and that ends. And when that ends, you know, there's a gap but when we look at the real king, when we look at Jesus Christ, when we look at the kingdom of heaven, that lasts forever. So although that gap was there and I felt sad, hey, emotions happen, right? I was a little bit sad, but still I wasn't overwhelmed. And I know some people that were overwhelmed and they went in a bad direction. I wasn't overwhelmed because I had this king to lean on, the real king. And that, that was my experience. And i I'm, you know, I was a little bit sad for a little bit, but I, I'm extremely grateful that I had that experience. It's a very cool, worldly experience and something that I get to share with people. But uh, I really like sharing that my real king is what keeps me strong. No matter what medals you win, you know, those are material things that, that don't last forever. And what does last forever is what is important. And for me, being a Christian and following Christ, that's the most important thing in my life. So, thank you. Amen.
3: Thank you. Thank God for our own legend here, huh? I never even thought of that. All I'm thinking is he's number six in the world. And he's like, "Man, I got on the plane. I'm eating peanuts. Come to rescue your soul, to save your soul. And secondly, this morning is this: that uh, we struggle with that king. As much as we, we have this king, we do what we want him to do, right? Well, we have the legendary King Jesus, and we struggle with that King. Psalms 2, verse 1 says this: Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand against the rulers, uh, and take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against the Anointed One, against the Messiah Jesus. Let us break off their chains and let us throw off their shackles. That word there for change is really, really this word. It's it's a band, it's a, a yoke. In the in biblical times they would take an ox and they would put a yoke around the ox. And the and the yoke would control where the ox was going. Like you'd put the two oxes together and the oxes would want to go different ways. The owner gets the right to put the put the yoke on the ox. And so what God has said here is this that that He is the one who puts the yoke on us. So as the king, he's the owner, and the scripture says that that the rulers of the world here say, "Let's break off this. We don't want to. Be, we don't want the yoke on us. We don't want to have an owner. We want to be our own way." And that's exactly what we struggle with as humans. We're not kings and rulers of countries. We have our little world that we're rulers of, and God says, "Listen." I want to put the yoke on you because within that yoke you will find comfort, you will find joy, and you will find who I am. George MacDonald was a Scottish Christian writer. He actually influenced C.S. Lewis, the great Christian thinker. And he said this. He said about hell. He was talking about the core principle of hell. He said the core principle for, for the one principle of hell is I am my own. I am my own king and my own subject. I am the center from which go out everything. And you know what? That is so true because that is so opposite of God. God says, You're not the center of the universe, you're not the king, He is the king. And you know, God, who is the king, who is, has everything he's given you, he wants to give you love. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you everything that you need. And then he, he puts this yoke on, says, follow me. And then you say, I don't, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. I, I want to go a different way. But wait a minute. This is the God who's leading you and wanting to take you to everything that you need, everything that is good for you. But yet we struggle with that whole area of our life. You know what happens whenever we have that, when we live that way, that I am my own, that everything about life is about me? It creates a sort of hell in all areas of life. It creates a sort of hell in your marriage, in your neighborhood, in your community. And we go through this life and we keep wanting to buck and we want to keep taking that yoke off. And, and listen, God says, listen, I am the king and, and you don't want to break free from me. Psalm 2.8 says this, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. What he was saying is, look, I have everything. And as the king, you get to come in and you get to talk to the king. And you get to have this relationship with the king. And you get to have the provision of the king. You know, thirdly this morning is this, that we need the king. We, We have a king. We struggle with the king, but yet we need the king. We need to have the king. And, uh, and here's what he says here, verse 10. He says, therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. So he's talking to the rulers of the earth, but I want you to catch the messages to you. Number Verse 11, serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you be destroyed in your and your way, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. He says here, listen. Here's how I want you to follow me. I want you to come, and I want you to know who I am, and I want you to to follow me, I'm your king, I'm providing everything for you, and as I put this yoke on, know that I am here for you, and I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to take care of you. He says, blessed are all those who take refuge in him, not refuge from him, refuge in him, under the shelter of the Almighty. He wants to give you refuge. And so today, as you are coming through this world, the world that we are living in wants to break free constantly They want to buck off the chains and I'm going to be my way, I'm going to do my own thing. Folks, I'm going to tell you there's no greater joy than the joy of coming to Jesus and getting to know him personally. And giving him the throne to your life. You know, if who's sitting on the throne of your life this morning? If there's a throne sitting in your heart, who is sitting on that throne this morning? Is it you? Is it your job? Is it your spouse? Kids, what is it? Or is it Jesus? And God says this, I want you to come and I want you to let me to be the king. I want you to come and I want you to obey me. Listen, he's given you in his word, in this wonderful book called the Bible, which, by the way, we have them available in the foyer this morning. Go out to my left and take one. They're there free for the taking. If you don't have a Bible, take one. I want to encourage you to pick up and read in the book of John. 21 day challenge if, you, if you, you, you don't like it I'll give your money back oh I'm sorry they're free <laughs> listen you take it and read it and you come back and tell me that that didn't change your life and I'll I won't believe it because I haven't had a person yet to come back and said it didn't change my life listen he says I've given you an instruction manual for life Men, we don't like instructions I've never read them When I'm putting together things around the house, that's for my wife. If your wife has to read it to you, get it in you. All right? I listen to them. I have an app on my phone. It reads it to me. Why? Because I want to do what God says. It's not a drudgery. It's a joy. Secondly, we want to not only obey, we want to accept. And I want to encourage you today to accept Christ as your personal Savior But I'm also talking about accepting the way life goes. Sometimes we struggle and we say, man, if God really loved me, why did this happen in my life? Let me tell you, not only does he love you, he's sovereign king of the universe. There's nobody, there's nothing that's happened in your life he didn't know about. And he's not walking away from you because bad things happened in your life, whether they were by your decision or not. God loves you and has a plan for your life, and he wants you to follow him to catch it, to obey him, to accept. We'll put the next one up. Obey him, accept, to rely on him, rely on the king and his provisions. And then number four, to expect him. Expect the king. Listen, when you come to the king, you know that there's good things. You know that he has great things. He says, come before him rejoicing and trembling with fear. So we're going to come. We're going to rejoice before the Lord, because the King is here. And I want to share this verse with you here. First John, I'm sorry, John 1.12 says this, But as many, yet, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the child of God. Listen, if you'd like to become a child of the King, see, I'm not just talking that you're under the King's domain, because you're under that whether you like that or not. If you'd like to become a child and have a relationship with God, with the king of the universe, with the legendary king of the universe, here it is, who received him, Jesus Christ, and believed on his name. Jesus died on your cross. He paid for your sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But Jesus came. God demonstrated his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he says that all you have to do is believe and receive. And so today I want to ask you, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sin? Many people have a head knowledge of that. God says today I want you to have a heart knowledge. I want you to not just know it. I want you to trust it. I want you to place Him and receive Him into your life today. And you can become a child of the King. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, to become a child of the Most High God, to become a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God says, I want you to submit to me and I want you to humble yourself and trust me. I paid for your sin and I rose again. All you have to do is invite me into your life. Believe and receive. And if that's you here today, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. This week, many, many, many of our children opened their hearts and prayed a prayer very similar to this. And I'd like to lead you to do the same thing because Jesus said you must have the faith of a child simply trusting Jesus. So if that's you today, if you would just pray And you can pray this quietly in your seat and just respond to the Lord and pray something like this. Dear God, I come before you and I admit that I'm a sinner and that I've done wrong things. And I admit that you are the king of the universe. You're the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You are legendary. You love me so much that you sent Jesus, the only Son of God, to die on the cross right now. Lord, I believe and I receive you. Dear God, I just lift up all those in this place that prayed today to receive you. We thank you, God, that you are the King of the universe. You are the legendary King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are the greatest of all. Thank you, Lord, that we could share this message with our children this week. And thank you that we as a church could share this wonderful news of who you are. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song before we dismiss.
7: dark room in silence